This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. You can turn with me to the book of John, the gospel of John. John chapter 1. The beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John. Last week, I think I preached one of the longest messages I've ever preached. I'm pretty sure we were close to an hour. I promise, well, I ain't making no promises. <laughs> I'll tell you this. There's my sermon notes. So I don't think we'll be an hour, but who knows? It's a very short, simple thought. I believe from the Lord today. John chapter 1. We'll begin reading this in verse 1. I'm going to skip around just a little bit, so follow with me. I'll tell you where I'm headed. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Well, let's review. It gets kind of wordy. In the beginning was who? The Word, and the Word was with who? And the Word was who? He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 says, All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. That's a wordy way of saying that everything that has ever been created came into existence through the Word. The Word there in the original languages, Logos. All things that have come into being, everything that's been created, nothing has been created that didn't come through the Word. You with me? Verse 4 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jumping down to verse 14. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's review. The Word became what? This is the Word that was in the beginning, that was God and that was with God, that everything was created through Him and by Him, and without Him nothing was created, right? Now in verse 14, he's become flesh, and he dwelt among us. Now jump to 16. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace 
upon grace. Verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus. Verse 18 says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. I want to walk through this for a few minutes. I've been doing some very deep study of the Gospel of John. John's Gospel is totally different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It looks different. It reads different. There's different, different stories. The way that this whole process takes place, what we just read is called the prologue, is what the, the fancy scholars would want to introduce it to us as the prologue. They're introducing this gospel, they're introducing what John's going to say, and John is giving this introduction to God himself. And so if you can, just for a few minutes, kind of just dive in and stick with me and like separate everything else from the gospel of John, and just kind of hone in on this, this actually 19, uh, 18 verses of scripture that we're going to look at, and I want us just to kind of dive in to those John's introduced us, and he starts off in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. He's directly correlating Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created. You with me? In the beginning God created. Well, that was an action that took place. An action takes place in Genesis, and then in John, he recounts this, and he says, in the beginning was the Word. So before God could create anything, the word existed. You with me? Before God could act, before God did act, the word existed. He said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And we jump down, and I'm going to get to this, this thought. Where we're actually headed is verse 16, and I've got this little title that is grace upon grace. I want to get to this whole concept by the end of this message. I want you to be able to bring back to memory and maybe recite. I want you to be able to, to quote John 1, 16. Now, I'm not your school teacher, and I ain't going to take a grade, but I'm just telling you that I believe I've spoke this over my own life all week long over and over and over, and I believe that if we can get to a place where we can quote, we can recite John 1, 16, and accept that and allow that to sink down deep, we get something really good. In the beginning was the Word. He's attempting to tell us about the deity of God, the goodness, the fullness, the godness of the Word. He goes on, and it's interesting, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, um, the, Paul says, For in him all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. In him, who is him? It's Jesus, the Word. Because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and all things that came into being came into being through him and by him, and nothing that came into being didn't come into being with him. You with me? It's very wordy, but the whole process is in the beginning, he was there. Before God created the heavens and the earth, he was there. Not only was he there, he was one with God the Father who created now, this is getting a little twicky, tricky and, and tangly, but it doesn't really matter. Don't get caught up on the complicated thought process of the Trinity. We don't even really have to get into that to get to where we're headed. 
We get to a place then after he's introduced, he says he, he was the, the light in him the, was life and he was the light of man that shone into darkness and darkness could not comprehend it. It couldn't overtake it. The word comprehend there could be rearranged for a couple different words. Basically, darkness cannot overpower light. You agree? We don't have dark switches. We have light switches. And if we turn on light switches, darkness doesn't exist. Right? It cannot overpower light. And then John gets to this place and we really get this firsthand experience in verse 14 of who John really is. Because he said the word became flesh. What do we mean the word became flesh? Well, this is the same word, logos. This is the same word that was in the beginning. It's the same God that existed. Wait, we don't even have a time frame. It's just in the beginning. Who, when, when, when's in the beginning? I don't know. There's no time scale. There's no time frame of when in the beginning existed. I could keep going and going and going. And we don't know really when the beginning was. The point is Jesus has always been. And now we're introduced to him not as the one that was in the beginning with God that was God that created everything, but now he said the word came and dwelt among us. The word uh, in the Greek, the original for dwelt, really means that he temporarily lived here. He temporarily resided. He dwelt among us, and it says that the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. We who? That tells us that if we're going to understand John and John's gospel, John was a direct witness of what took place through the life of Jesus. I don't know about you. I can tell you all day long what I think about Jesus. I can tell you all day long what I know about Jesus, but I would much rather have a firsthand witness to be able to identify who Jesus was and what Jesus was. You agree? I don't really care for afterthought. I don't really care for he said, she said. I don't really care. Don't give me the hearsay. I want to talk to somebody who's actually seen it, who's witnessed it, who has experienced the situation, right? Stories are always better from somebody who was actually there. And John's introducing us to Jesus. And he's introducing him in a way, and he says, we saw his glory. We saw, I saw, I was there. The same word that was in the beginning, that was God, that is God, that created everything. Now, that God, we have the hardest time really comprehending that thought. The God that named the billions and billions of stars. The God that foresaw every microorganism and every uh, crazy little thing, every atom of energy that it took to create the earth and put it into motion. That God that was there, that was in the beginning, in the beginning was the word. Now, John has witnessed him come in flesh to be among us. He said, we saw his glory. What glory? He tells us, glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. He said, we saw his glory, a glory that could only have been. It can't be recreated. There's only one begotten son of God. You with me? In a minute, John actually calls God himself the begotten God. There are no more begots. There's only one. 
in the beginning was the word. And we take that back to Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, the word created the heavens and the earth. And so John says, we saw the glory, glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. This is the heart of the whole thought today. I told you it's simple. Up to this point, it's not been very simple, but I promise it's simple. For of his fullness, we have received and grace upon grace. Would you say that? Could you put that up on the screen, Carter, so that they have no reason not to say that? For of his fullness, hold on, it ain't there yet, is it? For of his fullness, we have received and grace upon grace. Leave it there for a second, buddy. Actually, you can leave it there the rest of this message. For of his fullness, we've received, all received, and grace upon grace. In the original language, that word of could be translated, and probably your Bible does. It says, for from his fullness. It really doesn't matter how we word it. The point is, everything that we got came from his fullness. And then there's grace upon grace. My points to this message are very, very simple. Number one, you have received. You've received. What have you received? Well, everything you have, you've received. Right? And John is introducing Jesus, and he says, and I've already, I've already read you the verse of Scripture, but it's Colossians 2.9. It says that we received his fullness of the deity. God him very self came down, and he dwelt among us, and that was the receiving. We received an almighty God to earth. The God that created everything, the God that, that put the earth into motion, and that's so beyond our comprehension, we can't really fathom that. The God that knows how many grains of sand are on the beach, the God that knows how long that log has to burn to be consumed, a God that knows how many hairs are on the top of my head and how many are gray and how many are, are not quite black, I don't know what they are, that same God we received in the fullness of the deity, we received God. We have all received God, whether we accept him or not is a different story. But the eyewitness account says that the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you feel about it. You're not going to convince me otherwise because the eyewitness said he was here. So first and foremost, you have received. We've all received. I left that little word out when you were quoting, but that's an important word because the God was not a respecter of persons. He didn't care who it was for. It says that all of us have received. You have received. What did you receive? His fullness. For from his fullness, we've received. You've received his fullness. Well, what is fullness? I never have my wallet in my pocket when I'm preaching, but I intentionally left it. I'm sorry, I love you, but I don't intend to give out any cash. But I'm making a point. It's not very much, but I'm rich and blessed, praise God. This is Pastor Valerie's pie in her face. This is cash. You with me? There's $60. I don't care how hard you try, you're not going to make more than $60 out of the $60. You with me? We can call it cash. Cash could be five grand or it could be a dollar. It could be some change. It's still cash, right? There's a big difference between cash and fullness. 
Fullness in the original language is a singular word. My cash is plural. It's cash. It's $60. It's not one. It's 60. And if I started handing things out, it ain't going to take but just a couple minutes and it's going to be gone. You with me? God's fullness doesn't work that way. It's singular. So what does that tell me? It is a very nature. It is part of the character of God. He is fullness. He's completeness. It's going nowhere. It's a fountain that I can tap into and over 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 I can come back and it ain't going nowhere. It ain't like my little measly $60 that when I hand out my cash, it's going to be gone. The fullness of God, the completeness of God is not able to be consumed in its entirety. Therefore, no matter what I do, no matter how, how many times I have to go back and say, God, I'm hopeless, I'm tired, I'm fed up, I'm broken, I'm exhausted, I'm just war slam out, I'm rejoicing, I'm victorious. I don't care how many times I have to go back. That river, the river that flows never runs dry because it's a singular part of who God is. Not something he has, it's who he is. You have received of or from his fullness. What is the fullness? Well, it's hope. It's joy. It's peace that surpasses all understanding. In the most broken down, hopeless situations, it's hope. It's the victories over the battles when nobody else even realizes that you're fighting and you finally have, have some peace and you finally overcome that. It's that, that victory. It's, it's having the friend in the midst of the loneliness when everybody else leaves you. There's some comfort in knowing that God has not forsaken us. It's the fullness of God. You have received from his fullness. Third thought. Told you. Quick, fast, to the point. Grace upon grace. You receive grace upon grace. Where did it come from? The completeness of God. The fullness of God. Not from this back stash somewhere that God said, well, I realize you need a little something here. It ain't like going and asking dad for $20 to go get a meal or go to a movie like we used to do. It is from the fullness, the everlasting well that never runs dry is where the grace upon grace comes from. I asked Carter when he created this graphic this morning, I said, I need some waves in the background Because we really have to get to a place to understand grace upon grace. We can't comprehend. And I love the way God gives us his creation to illustrate his goodness. He gives us creation to illustrate his character. The original word says, Karin Hanti Karitas. Grace upon grace. Grace instead of grace. Grace on top of grace. Grace in the place of grace. That word can be translated a whole lot of ways. Upon sounds nice, and, and we can heap it upon and heap it upon and heap it upon. But there's so many words. That means when, when I run out of the grace that God's already given me in one situation... Well, I, I, I corrupt that grace for a minute and I, I screw up and I mess up and now that grace ain't real good no more. That's okay because God's got some more grace to replace that grace with. 
And it's a lot like the waves that roll in to the beach. You ever just sat and watched? They've never stopped. I've never seen them stop. I've seen tsunamis come and take over everything in the path, but I've never seen them stop. It don't happen. Since the world was set into motion, since gravity, the law of gravity was put into existence by who? Come on, the word. You with me? Jesus himself put it into existence. Jesus himself put it into motion. And since Jesus put the waves rolling into the beach into motion, they've never, ever stopped. So for me, Carter, can you throw your clear graphic back up for a second? I know I told you one thing and I'm asking you to do another. It's kind of like a river. But as long as there's water flowing, this wave right here, this rapid, ain't going to ever stop. There's always going to be movement from again and again and again and again. And so from his fullness, of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So here's what it tells me. I'm not a perfect dude. If you are, I'd love to take notes. I'm not. I got a lot of mess ups. I got a lot of failures. I got a lot of things in my past. I even had some things that try to work their way up into my present. I'm not perfect. Also got 10 minutes, so we're about to be done. Here, here's the goodness of it. I'm not tapping into my daddy's back pocket saying, Daddy, I messed up. I need a $20 bill. I'm not, Daddy, I messed up. I need you to give me a little bit of that forgiveness and it's going to run out. See, what happens is God's piling grace from the day Jesus came to dwell among us. Grace covered the earth. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. The day that Jesus came, grace covered the earth. I messed it up. Really won't me. It was Adam and Eve, but... If they hadn't done it, I would have. Right? Grace covered the earth. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. I corrupted that. But you know what's so cool? God didn't rip the rug out from under me. Instead, he piled it on again. And when I came back to him after I messed that up, he piled it on again. And he piled, and it's like this staircase. Maybe you, you can't picture it. I wish that maybe you could see it like I can see it. I'm down here low on earth, and I'm just little nobody just trying to make it to heaven. And it's only by grace piling up to grace, grace piling up, grace piling up. And it gives me this staircase where I can enter into the throne room of God, and I can make it into his glory one day because of grace upon grace. For from his fullness, we've all received Grace upon grace. Here's the struggle. You thought I was done. He'll shout. We'll get excited. That God's heaping out grace upon grace upon grace upon grace on my life. But where we mess it up is the word that was in the very beginning, the word that was God, the word that was with God, the, God, the, the word that all things that came into being came into being through him and nothing came into being but by him. That word that come and dwelt among us, you and I were called to live like him. To be Christ-like, to be holy as he is holy as we talked about last week. To be Christ-like means I'm supposed to look like Jesus. 
And if Jesus came so that there was grace and truth and, and grace upon grace upon grace could be heaped over my life, that's exciting and that's fun to shout about. It's even fun to preach. But the fact that I'm supposed to be like him and that I'm supposed to give that grace back is a struggle. There's plenty of people that I struggle with. Plenty of people, just to be real honest and clear with you, there's some people I really just don't like. I ain't got to like them. I got to love them. Because I don't like the outside. I don't like the attitudes. I don't like the personalities. I don't like the way I'm treated from them. But what I have to love is their soul. What I have to realize is that inside of this body, the D.L. Moody, an old preacher, he said, when they say that I'm dead, you really don't believe it because I'm not dead. I'm just going out of that body and changed addresses. When it all boils down to the, the bottom line, the nitty gritty, I'm not going to die. There's a soul in here that's going to live forever. One day somebody's going to have a funeral for me, Lord willing, maybe if anybody shows up and they're going to, to be there and they're going to mourn my dead body, but I ain't going to be there. I'm going to be running and jumping without any backaches and without anything else taking place in heaven. Hey, I heard this story. My little four-year-old buddy met him, a little girl across the road at the campsite yesterday. I struggled with it for a minute. And then they started talking about heaven and hell. I said, Lord bless you, sanctified. McCain said, you see this camper? It's his camper, talking about my dad and... She says, that's your grandpa? He said, no, my grandpa's dead. He's in heaven. She said, did you know in heaven you can't even skin your knee? But if you go to the devil, you're going to burn. I said, bless the Lord. Go play with her son. She's great. I'm going to be in a place where I can't even skin my knee. I'm going to be in a place where there ain't no heartache. There ain't no pain, there ain't no struggling, there ain't no suffering, there ain't nobody hurting me. But the struggle is, grace upon grace has been poured out on my life for me to get there. But if I'm going to be Christ-like, I better be pouring it back out. Because if I receive from his fullness, so does that person that gets on my everlasting nerve. Right? My sister's in school to be a psychologist. And she overanalyzes and evaluates everybody. We're talking about somebody last night. And as soon as I said something, she said, they got daddy issues. She said, I promise there's an underlying thing that makes them act out the way they act. Every one of us have those. What is a daddy issue? First of all, it's an abandonment. It's something going on where there we, we are, we're longing to, to, to be something that we can't be, trying to get to a satisfaction. It's, it doesn't really matter. The point is, I'm not heaping grace upon grace upon grace on the issue. The grace that I'm called to heap on somebody else is on their soul. Because what really makes them act out, what really makes them be the way they're being really isn't me and truthfully it really isn't them it's their issue within them 
Does that excuse it? No. Don't mishear me. I ain't talking about let's buddy up to somebody that's destroying us. But for our own well-being, we better release some grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Because the same fullness that I receive from, they've received from. Carter, I don't want any excuses. Will you put that verse back up? Would you say this? For of his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. I promise, if you'll speak that over your life, and you'll speak that over your circumstance, speak it over the people that get on your nerves, life changes. Yeah, I'm just being real. Can I be real? If not, we're in trouble. When life is dark, I have seasons when I feel like I'm on an island right by myself. Like I can't communicate effectively the way I feel to anybody else on the face of the earth. You with me? Alone, lost, it's dark. I have those days. But if I understand that what leads up to this, where did it come from? It came from the Word. The Word that was long before creation. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word is God. I'm going to finish eventually. In all things that were created, everything brought into being were done through the Word. And nothing was brought into being that wasn't brought into being by Him. What does it matter? That's where it comes from. God Almighty, very, the very God himself that put everything into place is the one that I received the fullness and grace upon grace from. I preach to myself a lot. And this is a word that I have internalized to the point that I didn't have to write down, but about three statements on a post-it note before I come out just so I didn't forget my sentence structure. I could have wrote it totally different and preached it totally different on the fly if that had been the case. Only thing I'm telling you is we cannot fully comprehend what it means that we've got a God that from His completeness, from His fullness, I get to receive. A well that never runs dry. The river that never is going to stop flowing. Grace upon grace upon grace. Is that a punch ticket to sin? Lord, no. It's hope that as I go through life, trying to live to perfection, which is impossible. I can't do that. But as I'm striving for that, I know that when I fall and when I mess up, the grace is just replacing the grace that I just messed up. And it's building. And here I am at the bottom. And through my life, there's this staircase of grace 
to the point that on the day that I change addresses, I enter into his kingdom because of grace. Would you close your eyes with me? Father, I love you. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you cared enough about me to send the only begotten. God, that I could have a testimony account, an eyewitness that witnessed the glory of God through Jesus. Father, I thank you that you loved us enough that you've got this for an illustration, a well, God, of water that can never run dry. It's your fullness. It's your completeness. God, I thank you that it's for me. For from that fullness, we have all received God. We've received every good gift because as your word tells us that everything that's good comes from you. And we've received grace upon grace. Father, maybe there's somebody in the house that don't know you today. Maybe there's somebody watching online that they've heard this sweet, simple, short thought today that you're a God that loves them. You're a God that even though they've messed up, they've done nothing to deserve it, they can receive of that fullness just by calling on your name. God, if there's somebody in the house, somebody watching online that don't know you, God, I pray that you would move in them in this moment, that they would be moved by you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, it's real simple. The word tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he rose from the dead, we'll be saved. You don't know Jesus today. You want to know Jesus. You need the grace upon grace. Can we pray this prayer together? Would you repeat after me? God, I'm a sinner. I recognize I have a need for a Savior. I recognize that it's of your fullness we have all received. And you want to pour out grace upon grace on my life. Forgive me. Be Lord of my life. Thank you for giving your life. Now I give you mine. Make me new. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every person in the room today, every person watching online. Maybe we have a concept of what that grace upon grace looks like on our own life. God, but maybe we need to be giving it out the same way we receive. God, everything that we receive is from your fullness, but it's supposed to flow to us and then through us. Father, I pray that you would touch our hearts today. Forgive us for those who we've not shown grace. God, and, and change our hearts. Give us your eyes to see and let us show grace upon grace. Father, I thank you for this time today. I pray that you bless us and keep us. Let your face shine on us, God. Give us peace. Turn your face toward us and give us that grace and protect us today in Jesus' name. Amen.